Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Ah! 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 Wow! There's some person who's really mad that that's how we started it. I I thought that was I thought that went well. I thought that was good. I think (laughs) I think you know what? I think we should leave this incredibly lucrative world of podcasting behind and start a traveling barbershop quartet and more or less recreate "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou." With me as as the Clooney, of course. Um, I think that's obvious. If I get to play a a washboard bass, I'm all right. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I don't remember much about that movie. No, I don't know if there's a washboard bass in it or not. No, no. I remember there's a, there's Dapper Dan Dan hair cream, which yeah. I don't think would work. Which as makes well him as a me. greaser. I think he is technically a greaser. You're right, Margaret. I think I think Clune-tang in that movie is a greaser. It explains why he stabbed all those people. Just because they tried to give him uh, food. Classic Clooney. That was on the set of ER, though. So, <laughs> are we ready for part two of our exploration into its men's adventure magazines? Yeah, I'm sure it's mm-hmm. gonna stay nice and get nicer. That's uh, that's absolutely the case. So, to start us off today, our next men's adventure magazine is the Noble Exotic Adventures and. Boy, howdy! It has a special <laughs> cover. If what? What's your guess for the exotic adventures cover, Margaret? Uh, island, late like brown-skinned women wearing not much clothing. Uh, no, it's racism. Um, but oh. but yeah, uh, you kind of guessed that. So we'll give you we'll give you half. Okay, Sophie, will you show her exotic <laughs> adventures? Mm. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, that nope, is uh, that is a very racist drawing of a shake. <laughs> like I forgot that all of the women who are sexualized and mm-hmm. endangered have to be white in this yes, genre. Yes, well, not entirely, but largely, yes. Okay, um, largely, there is actually a naked photo spread of a Japanese woman in this article. Oh, I'm not saying that makes it better. <laughs> Don't no, get it me wrong. I'm just saying they're not <laughs> always. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So articles in exotic adventures. Wait, uh, should we should we describe this cover to Yeah, we should express so there's a very I would say like second Indiana Jones movie level racist like caricature yeah. of like a 
a shake-looking dude with a beard who seems to be both holding a python of some sort and a uh, one oh, of those yeah. like curved bladed like 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 uh uh slithery bladed knives yeah. that he's got as he's ripping the je- the shirt off of a an otherwise naked ish uh, white woman whose hands are bound above her, while behind them a slightly bloody adventure-looking dude is about to throw a knife into his back. Yeah, <laughs> that guy's white. Yes. Also, that curvy style of dagger is a mm-hmm. Celtic thing. It might also be an Indian thing. There's actually a I lot of no, weird yeah, cultural yeah, overlap. Yeah, but yeah. like the flame-bladed dagger was yeah, absolutely there you go. a Celtic thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I do believe there's a, a number of cultures. But anyway, yeah, yeah, no, you've I'm got sure. like a yeah. I said shake, but you're probably right. He's probably supposed to be. Oh, I don't know. I don't think he's supposed to be Irish. Seek or any, yeah, I think he's just <laughs> supposed to be not a white guy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They're trying to signify that. As, and his eyes are like vacant and evil. It is yeah, not a nice absolutely, drawing. Absolutely. Very racist drawing. Uh, in terms of what we see on the cover, the South American striptease mill, the sexiest girl in Japan. That's the, the one I was telling you about. Yeah. France's nude model ball and special, the sex orgies of Sarawak. It so, literally says sex three times on the cover. There's, it is, it, there's a lot in this one. They're really, yeah. And this is the porniest of the ones that we're, we're going to be covering yeah. in these episodes. This is just a straight-up porn magazine. Uh, okay. I did warn you both ahead of time. Yes. We're going, we, you, you, the listener, this will be no different from listening to anything else because you can't hear naked pictures. But there will be naked pictures in this. Uh, I, I did provide a warning ahead of time. So the first ad on this is for the least shady product service so far an amazing pocket radio that fits in the palm of your hand uh, the like only that. thing amusing here is that the argument uh, the advertisement brags it works indefinitely which is an odd <laughs> way to frame it um it plugs in <laughs> no i think it's one of those hand crank radio type deals oh okay yeah uh then we get our table of contents which does feature quite a bit of softcore pornography i mean that's just that's a lot of naked people for a table yeah. of contents i'll give it to them yeah, so we get some uh we get a, a heads up as to some of the fantastic stories we're going to also it's worth noting the editor of Exotic Adventures is George Wallace. I don't think the same one <laughs> was the segregation <laughs> governor, but maybe <laughs> perhaps <laughs> articles in this magazine include the first and only love of Rami, uh Safari of Death, the sexiest Ooh. girl in Japan. I was a Tangier smuggler. Modern Matahari, the sex orgies of Sarawak, attacked by monster crabs. Margaret, <laughs> we are going through that entire story. It's magnificent. That's what happens when you have a little black book. <laughs> yeah. You have real yeah, crabs. Yeah. You go through too deep into that little black book and you get attacked by the monster crabs. <laughs> uh, what a glorious magazine. So... Our first story is the first and only love of Rami. And I, I found myself interested in it because I misunderstood. I, I think I read wrong the premise. I thought it said that it was about uh, a man who becomes a sex slave, uh, which I was like, oh, that's an interesting reversal of the normal story. It's not. It's a normal story about a man who falls in love with the with a sex slave. Anyway, okay. whatever. Yeah, so the story is framed as this is like an article written by a journalist who like had always wanted to visit Kashmir because of these, you know, golden age of adventure stories he'd read about this mystical land. And and so he successfully cons an editor into paying for him to fly over there and do some fact finding. So he has to he has to work a couple of days and then he's, you know, he gets his payment and he's able to sort of like hang out in Kashmir for a while. Now, uh-huh. the first fun fact about this is that like, 
after he yeah he after he finishes his his job he decides to stay on for a few days and he notes that he'd been paid up for the article that he'd been like researching for and quote i had money in pocket a sometime thing with any writer now this is like accurate to how life as a freelance writer is but it's also very funny to me because like he is making that note in a time when you could casually get an editor to fly you to cashmere for like three days work yeah (laughs) like it's also like having that be your character is like writing the movie about the screenwriter Mm -hmm. because i'm assuming these are all fiction even though they pretend otherwise yes yes i don't think this is a real story Yeah. yeah but i do think this guy probably got paid more for this article than a lot of like i don't know War correspondents get paid for deep dives on, like, (laughs) (laughs) fighting in Ukraine and shit. So, anyway, our protagonist checks into the only hotel in the city that he's in. He orders a gin and tonic immediately, which is pretty on brand for our field. Mm -hmm. After the room service brings his drink up, we get this line. I noticed on the, uh, the platter a small printed card plainly left for my perusal. It said, with frank honesty, Bok Nelu, we have the girls! What it lacked in grammar, it made up in succinctness, always a virtue in advertising. I was at first amused, and then curious. Was Kashmiri prostitution any different from that of the rest of the world? Why not find out, I thought. And so, having had a second, and then a third gin and tonic, and eaten my supper, I strolled down the main street in the general direction of the business establishment of Boknelu. So... I do love that he's like, I'm going to do a journalism on how prostitution's different in Kashmir. (laughs) This guy was ready for Vice News. He was writing for him before they were ever born. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Vice burst from the head of this fucking writer. And like like early era Vice when they were like, yeah. Yeah. So he gets to this brothel and the Bachnelu, the operator of the brothel, asks him what his pleasure will be. To be honest, I confessed, I am a journalist. My interest is mostly mere curiosity. His face fell a little, and so I added, however, I would not want to take up your time without recompensing you for it. So our hero insists, it's kind of unclear what he actually wants to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, He insists he doesn't want to buy anything, but he just wants to see the girl. So the proprietor Mm -hmm. brings some of his women out. Our hero comments on, very critically, on their breasts, uh, and then he makes them give him a lap dance, Uh, which he eventually begs off because he doesn't actually have any intention of paying for sex. Bachnelu frowned. You like something special, he said? I can arrange for a showing. A boy, a girl, two girls, whatever you desire. Ten rupees, very inexpensive. No, really, Mr. Nelu, I said. I'm just not interested. His frown deepened, and then in a moment it vanished. Ah, he said, I have someone very special, something that is very rare among us. But perhaps you will be interested in this, although I warn you, the price is 400 rupees. Okay, is it a white girl? No, no, it, well, okay. no, no, it's not, it's not a white girl. Girl is appropriate, though. Oh, uh, that was a lot of money by Kashmiri standards, something like $100. In Kashmir, a laborer lives comfortably on $50 a year. My curiosity was piqued. What did he have worth $100? All right, Mr. Nelu, let's see her. He clapped his hands again, and from behind the curtain, a young girl, hardly more than 16, appeared. Now, I will admit, when I started that, I assumed the whole offering children for sex thing that came up earlier was to make it clear that this is like a bad guy. This was like the villain of our story. Um, I guess he technically is, but our hero has no problem with being offered a teenage girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is not the thing that is going to be an issue for our hero in this story. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Nelu tells us that her name is Rami and that he's just purchased her from a village nearby. She is exquisite. She is also a virgin. And this is where our hero has an issue because he does not believe 
that uh, this girl is a virgin and thus would not be worth the hundred dollars that uh, is being uh, charged for her. Sure. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> he tells Mr. Nalu, and again, this is our hero. He tells yeah. Mr. Nalu that this claim at this uh, that uh, that the sex slave is a virgin is quote the oldest pitch in the book. Mr. Nalu promises to return the money he's paid if it's not true. Then we get this revealing paragraph. Again, I backed off. I wouldn't have much chance to get my money back. At the first sign of trouble, Mr. Nalu would scream for the local gendarmes and have me removed. I'd seen that game too often. Mr. Nalu, no thanks. And that's what we get before the magazine tells us to move on to page 51 for the rest of the story. uh, Because print (laughs) magazines are just a horrible, horrible user-unfriendly product. In fact, when I turn to page 51, there's like a half page of text surrounded by the middle parts of two other stories, and then I'm told to move on to page 64. Anyway, I'm not going to keep beating a bunch about this. I hate horror. this shit. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, here's the next lines of the story as the author tries to turn Mr. Nalu down. The flesh merchant shrugged. I cannot convince you. All right, then. Would you care to look at Remy? She is truly a wonder. The price for that is less. 50 rupees. That sounded more reasonable. I could afford to risk $10 to see something as charming as Mr. Nalu made her sound. I gave him the money, and he gestured towards the girl. Now, I'm not going to relate to you how this author describes the naked body of a child, save to say that he uses the phrase, the first flush of womanhood, in a way that I think should be punishable by violence. (laughs) Speaking of things that should be punished by violence, after being overcome with this child's beauty and seeing her stare at him with unabashed eyes, his first words to Mr. Nalu are, You are right. Your Rami is exquisite, but I cannot believe that she is a virgin. So, (laughs) I don't don't know what to say to that. It's pretty bad. Uh, Our protagonist leaves the establishment after tipping Mr. Nalu another $10. I don't know Mm -hmm. why. He has received very little, certainly not enough for a story. He's mostly just ogled a naked child. Well, it's enough for this story. I guess it's enough for, no, no, it's not, (laughs) Margaret. No, we're building to that. So he decides to head back to his hotel for more gin. Uh, He sees someone following him, but he decides he doesn't, he doesn't care all that much. So he gets back to the hotel. The person tailing him, uh, you know, he figures is just a harmless weirdo. He he gets drunk with a a guy he describes as a bushman um, before going up to bed where he finds, I know it's, it's pretty bad where he finds waiting in his room, Rami, she snuck out of the brothel and she Ah. has, she has come a calling to him. So at first he's like madly in love with him. It's not quite that. I'm not going to say it's better than that, Margaret. It's, I'm not going to say it's better than that. She is like, first, at first off, he's like outraged because he thinks that like she's been snuck there by Bocnello and he's going to try to like, you know, charge him for it and like fake that, you know, anyway, whatever. He's going to like, this is some sort of scam, right? Yeah. Uh, But then she disrupts his thoughts by saying, do you want me? Uh, Now, he is still initially outraged at this because he doesn't believe she's a virgin and thus doesn't think she's worth the price set on her head. Uh, She insists that she is a virgin in a profoundly uncomfortable sequence. Mm -hmm. She nodded vehemently. Oh, yes, sir. I am a virgin. I have never slept with men. I looked at her frowning. This is so? Oh, yes, it is so. I come from a poor family. There are not so many men in my village. I was engaged to a boy, but he got killed in a rock slide. Then later, my family was poor. They could not keep all the children. And besides, they knew that I would always be poor if I stayed in the village. So they sold me to Mr. Nalu. He could pay well since I was a virgin. And then I could work for him and save my money and perhaps make things better for my family. So I guess the upside of this scene is that, like, I don't know, 
is 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 this like a slave or uh, just sex child prostitution? I don't know if that's a distinction that's worth laboring over. Either way, pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh-huh. here is where we get the big reveal of the whole piece. Uh, Rami feels her family was cheated by Mr. Nelu, who paid much less for her, despite uh, compared to like the value that he views her as having for this white guy. Uh, so she wants to have sex with our hero for free to get back at her pimp. Um, now. <laughs> Obviously, he says yes. Uh, there's no real detail given here, thankfully. The most interesting part is that he f- he throws in a line about feeling bad that she has condemned herself to a life of white slavery, which... What? I mean, she's not. Uh, I I don't... Uh, anyway, whatever. Like, does that just mean... Is that like the way that Western people refer to sex slavery at this point? It's like all... I, that's the feeling I get because he does describe her as like a, a Kashmiri girl. Yeah. Okay. So the story ends happily. Uh, and after having sex, he asks for her family's address so he can pay them the money that Mr. Nelu didn't pay them. I don't think there's a particularly good moral lesson there. I, I think that's no. pretty gross, but that's the story. That's, I think it does like, that's a fantasy. Like the, the, the fact that yeah. like that is a fantasy that they thought would be uh, that the men buying this magazine and like normal American comic shops would identify with as fascinating. Again, that's not a real story that happened. Yeah. Um, it's just a story that a bunch of gross dudes in the 60s wish had happened. If it had been written in the 80s, she would have gone home with him and they would have gotten married. Yeah, they would have gotten married and it would have been uncomfortable still, but we wouldn't yeah, have realized no, totally. until like the be- mid 90s. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm remembering, I'm thinking back to uh, uh, some of the things that George Lucas said about uh, Marion Ravenwood in the first Indiana Jones movie, which like Lucas clearly grew up reading these stories, right? So yeah. it's, it's one of those like, oh, well, that does make that make a little bit more sense. That's he, this, this was probably poisoning his brain from a very early age. Yeah. So that's interesting. I don't know. A little, little, Journey into the mind of a 60s guy. So, returning to our smut magazine, uh, the next story after the start of that child molestation adventure is a story about some rich guy's wife murdering him via safari. I like that one a lot better. (laughs) Yeah, that one's... (laughs) (laughs) Is she the bad guy or is she the... Yeah, she's the bad guy, of course. Yes. Uh. Then we get The Sexiest Girl in Japan, which has the header text, Strange as it may seem, the sexiest girl in Japan doesn't live there anymore. When an American producer saw the exotic dolly, he whisked her off to the States as a promising show gal. I don't know, she's not in Japan, but whatever. You, you, don't, you don't need to be, I guess, uh, expect much accuracy here. So there's porn that follows. Uh, and then immediately after that, we get back to our adventure stories. There's a crude drawing of a naval vessel and the text, I was a Tangiers smuggler, which I thought was going to be much more up my alley here. Um, this is another piece of middle-aged guy wish fulfillment. Uh, and it's really clear. It makes very clear what we talked, open the series talking about that. Like these are largely for dudes who like served, but didn't see any action. Yeah. Cause our hero in this is a guy who, he goes over and he fights in Europe through World War II. And then after VE Day, he decides to like stay in England doing odd jobs, some on this side of the law and some on the other. He's like this, uh-huh. you know, veteran Nazi fighter who who becomes, but like a sexy criminal, right? Yeah, after. yeah. He's got a switchblade comb he pulls out yeah, every now and then. Absolutely. And fixes his hair. He acquires a boat, probably in something cool like a game of dice. He's a Han Solo character, right? Yeah, yeah, Again, totally. Thinking about like these is partial inspirations for some of Lucas's later yeah. work. Like he's he's that's the kind of guy he is. He did the Kessel um, Run and 
Yeah. Not so many nautical miles. Yeah. However many or, or whatever the wrong term for nautical miles is because. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he, he gets this boat and he decides like, well, why not make spare cash smuggling stuff out of Tangiers, which is a pretty cool lifestyle choice. Yeah. Make, I would argue in the 1950s. What Jimmy yeah. Buffett thinks he was doing. Yeah, exactly. James Buffett. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So. <clears throat> R.I.P. So, Yeah. <laughs> Now, I will say, I, I wish this was a better story. Uh, I love the premise. Uh, this is one of those ones, it's so badly written that I cut, you, there's paragraphs in it that feel like chat GPT. And I think it may <laughs> just be because like this guy was trying to pump up word count, right? He's getting paid yeah. by the word. And so he's really overwriting this motherfucker. But let me, let me read this to you and you'll see All what right. I mean. All right. Tangier is a free port. Ships of any nation can unload any kind of cargo at all there without paying duty or undergoing inspection. A highly organized smuggling trade operates out of Tangier, therefore, ferrying goods from the free port to the nations along the Mediterranean coast. The smuggling ring specialized in such desired items as gyms, coffee, watches, drugs, (laughs) currency, antibiotic drugs, and gold, (laughs) as well as American cigarettes, which are heavily dutied in Europe and which so many Europeans became addicted to thanks to the presence of GIs during the 40s. Okay, wait, I have a... I have a theory. Does yes. this guy have a middle name in his author name? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, wh- what do we got here? Shit. One sec. I can scroll back up to the table of contents. Okay. Because there's like the, the sign Donald of Donald Gorman. No. Oh, all right. All right. Mm-hmm. The, there's like the like longstanding joke that the reason that all like science fiction authors or whatever use their middle name also on the cover is that they get... Of like short stories, you get paid per word. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like a free 10 cents. Yeah, an extra 10 cents, yeah. Yeah. No, but anyway. he's definitely overwriting. I also, I feel yeah. confident that no reader in 1950, this is, sorry, this is published in 1957. Yeah. I don't believe there's a single reader in 1957 that needed it explained to them why Europeans wanted American cigarettes. Like, I don't, <laughs> that's simply an unnecessary sentence. Yeah. Um, but I am equally confident the hero who wrote the story was, again, being paid by the word. So Godspeed, brother, right? Yeah. You know? Long uh, everyone, Yeah, everyone in this story is an adult, so this guy's fine with me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Anyway, <laughs> the story is what you'd expect. He gets hired to run cargo, and he'll get paid generously, but he's also got to transport this beautiful, rich crime boss's, like, girlfriend who falls in love. You know, you get the... Mm. You're aware of the thrust of this story. It is kind of Star Wars, the more I think about it, actually. Um, There's elements of that there. You really do, like, definitely, I don't know if this story, but Lucas was reading magazines like this as a kid obsessively. I don't think there's any real doubt about that. Now, you have a solid understanding at this point what to expect from this magazine. So I'm going to follow this up with a full reading of the only story in here that has real literary merit. Attacked by monster crabs. Yes. Now, Margaret, look at this. Look at this crab art. You know, that's that's a good naked lady attacked by monster crabs drawing. Like, the, like anatomically, the crabs look exceptional. Those are good claws. Like, look at the detail. Oh, that's like things. art. That's all. Yeah, like, that's art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, this is really something special by yeah. Dave Callahan. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, the pull text of the uh, the story. Can you think of a more horrible way to die than to be torn to shreds by a horde of monster crabs? I can't because it almost happened to me. Um, I can't actually, Dave Callahan. That does seem like a pretty bad way to die. Yeah. Um, and I am now fully on board. And this this is, I dare I say, a work equal to those of Melville or Le Guin or dare I say it, 
William Shatner, author <laughs> of Tech War. Um, just a, a true classic of the genre here. It opens with, starts with an iconic horror story opening line. This is the place, Pamela said. We'll be all alone here. Nobody ever comes here but me. Perfect. <laughs> Completely set the mood in the first two sentences. Oh, Callahan, you bastard, you did it. <laughs> Now, those of you who are versed in literary theory will know that a statement like that by a character means that they're going to die from a deadly crab attack. Now, <laughs> our heroes have just taken a motorboat to an inlet in British Honduras, north of Belize. Pamela and the author, Dave Callahan, are both looking forward to relaxing. Dave is especially excited for a long afternoon of love with this busty daughter of a British diplomat. But, he writes, I wasn't prepared for the nightmare events that would take place that afternoon. <laughs> now, one thing I will say for Dave is that his female lead here is very definitely an adult and is also insinuated to be sexually active and in control of her very interesting love life. Yeah. So because he's not fetishizing a child, I'm going to read his lustful description here because right. it's kind of funny. Pretty funny. Hand in hand, we, crabbed, uh, we, we climbed up the beach flank. It was a warm, muggy day. Pamela was wearing a man's white shirt whose buttons rarely managed to hold back the magnificent thrust of her bosom and a pair of khaki trousers that clung tightly to her hips and thighs. Overhead, the hot sun was burning its way through the thick clouds. I spread a blanket for the two of us. There were two bottles of local rum in the boat for refreshments, and we had forgotten them. I'll go back to the boat and get them, I said. When I reached for the boat, I scooped up the bottles and looked up beach. Pamela was peeling off her blouse. She had nothing on underneath. I ogled her gently swaying breasts appreciatively as I approached. She unbuttoned the trousers, kicked them off, and stood lovely and nude before me. Now, she says she wants to go for a swim. She's like, come on, take your clothes off. Let's get in the water together. Uh, in one of those crisp British accents that sounded so out of place in this primitive Central American country. Uh, so... <laughs> 1957, baby. Racist. Yeah. And then because it is 1957, he responds, you go ahead and get your feet wet while I'm opening the bottle. I want a nip of rum before I get in the water. <laughs> and you do also get a lot of context by the fact that they are they are spending an afternoon on a beach and they bring two full handles of rum. <laughs> like, that is quite a quantity to swim on and then drive a boat back on. <laughs> I mean, every character in any one of these stories is a hardcore alcoholic. I feel like that's less worth mentioning in fiction from the 50s. But yeah, so our, our character uses his trusty pocket knife, which you will not hear from again, to open a bottle of rum and drink what would kill a small pony. Then he starts to take off his pants and head in after Pamela when we get a glorious line. David, David, help! The crabs! The crabs! <laughs> I shaded my eyes and looked down beach for her. She was almost completely hidden around the cove. All I could see of her was her body from the breasts upward. She was leaping around wildly in the shallow water some 30 feet offshore. Grabbing the unopened bottle of rum to use as a weapon, I sprinted towards the water. What's happening? I yelled. What's the trouble? The crabs, she shrieked. The monster crabs! Perfect, perfect prose. A masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> no no I want to I want to teach an English class just about this story like like some professors do with Moby Dick where we just every day we go through the monster crab story again See I actually feel like there's like something to be said about you learn all of these rules about how to write well Mm -hmm. And then you look at what sells best mm -hmm. and it does not follow those rules. <laughs> and like what is read the most does not follow these rules. And there's like something to be said for that. That is like a tension mm -hmm. that all writers mm -hmm. must cope with. 
It is. It is. And that's why more writers need to write about monster crabs. I think that's a very, very clear lesson that I've learned from this story. Half stumbling over myself in my hurry, I reached the edge of the shore. There was Pamela, offshore in water, no higher than her lovely knees. And monster crabs, a foot across, were leaping out of the water, gnashing their ugly pinchers at her nude form. The water seemed to boil with their hideous forms. There must have been hundreds of the crabs swarming up from their slumbers in the mud. And you know, uh, this is like based on a true story where he like, cause I, I've had this, like where you have like a nice date and then something slightly weird happens and then you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. wouldn't it be wild if yeah, this you was like, like this? Yeah, you get like by ants or some shit and it's yeah. like, yeah, what if the ants had been foot long monster crabs? Yeah. But you know, I, I love this story, Margaret. I, I, you know, all these weirdo right wing culture warriors talking about like, how our, our society has gotten away from its first principles. And I understand that now because I, I want to live inside this moment, this glorious frozen instant where a man's a man, a woman's a woman, and a boiling hive of crabs is a boiling hive of That's crabs. That's right. You know? Perfect. Perfect story. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It also, it's also very funny that he instantly goes to the rum bottle for a weapon. Even though he has a pocket knife. <laughs> he's got a knife on him, but he's he whips out that rum bottle. Very 50s guy smart. Like, yeah. woke modern youths could never. They'd, no. they'd have only a can of White Claw to defend them from the crabs. No. Or they would have been swimming <laughs> sober. <laughs> yeah, they would have been swimming sober and thus doomed. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting, because he's drunk, but she is swimming sober. And spoilers, she is doomed. So you're right, Margaret. I oh, think that's shit. exactly how this story would end if these were Gen Z kids. Gen Z kids who could never fight off a crab in the no. waters off Belize. But you know who could fight off a boiling hive of crabs? Uh, is it the people who um, pay us to put their advertisements into our shows? Arguably, Margaret. Arguably. Mm. Yeah, they just Probably take a not. handful of Reagan coins and just throw them. Yeah, huck them at the crabs. Yes. Ninja star-like. Like, Choke carve them into this. ninja stars. And yeah. yeah t- <laughs> take this, you crabs, son of a bitch. Yeah. Done. So. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? 
It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash behind. That's mintmobile.com slash behind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash behind. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So, back to the crabs. She was screaming in utter light, mindless panic. I could see a bloody gash along one arm, another just below a jouncing breast. She was doing a wild dance, a death dance, and the water around her was stained with red. Oh, now, God. I, I had... Yeah, she, yeah they're going to murder her. Right? Oh, the crabs fuck. are going to kill this lady. Now, Margaret, when he described her jouncing breast, I did not know that was a word. I thought, like, did he just make up a word to describe, like... Is it, like, jiggly bouncy? Yeah, it means to jolt or bounce. So it, you huh. win this round, 50s author. I learned a word from this story that yeah. was not in my vocabulary pr- pr- prior to it. All right, Daddy-O. Uh, okay, Daddy-O. That's what she screams That's one victory she's going for the down. old guard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I heard the sound the crabs made, the dull, ominous clack-clack sound of heavy pinchers cracking together. Pamela was trying to beat the monsters off with her hands, but they were slashing her mercilessly on hip and thigh and arm and belly and buttock and every other part of her body they could reach. Raising my bottle high as a club, I waded out into the water, conscious that my unprotected nakedness was terribly vulnerable to the attack of the crabs. <laughs> I didn't care. Dick. I had to yeah, <laughs> he's gonna lose his dick. <laughs> so... This is the point at which the author of this story makes his first structural mistake, which is that Mm -hmm. he breaks this fascinating narrative to take us back in time to explain how he and Pamela met, which Uh, is not a question on anyone's mind reading this crab fight story. I could not care less about these people's backstory. I just want a naked man (laughs) fighting crabs with a rum bottle. That's all I need. That's all I've ever needed. He screams. (laughs) His battle cry. (laughs) (laughs) Now, he explains that he was in the country on legal business, uh, and her family had fled there from Belgium before the war. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had a standard kind of rom-com, honestly, proto-rom-com. Like, they literally bump into each other while turning a corner, which I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Uh, It's a normal, like, again, it's a middle-aged guy fantasy. She's immediately into him for reasons that are never discussed. Uh, She takes him back to her dad's mansion, and they get housed on rum. Mm -hmm. Then she, you know... She strips and stuff. I don't know. I will say it's not off-putting after the last one because, like, she's very clearly an adult who's in control as opposed to, you know, a child slave. So I'll I'll give this author credit. Um, Anyway, she invites him. He's going to murder her pornographically for the purpose of. (laughs) Well, the crabs are going to murder her pornographically. The author is going to murder her pornographically. Anyway, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So she invites him out to the beach. And finally, after a torturous diversion, we're back to the crabs. Oh, good. Pamela's beautiful face was a hideous mask of sheer terror and pain as I waded towards her, slipping and sliding on the slimy mud. Evil claws flicked up from the water around her, drawing blood at every touch, and she was cut off from the shore by a solid mass of the crabs. The drifting tides had sent slicks of blood up and down the shore as more crabs were on their way to join the attack. I was 30 feet from her, 20, 15. My breath was coming in ragged bursts as I tried to run through the shallow water. I slipped and fell headlong. The rum bottle dropped, and because it was the closest thing to a weapon I had, I knelt and groped in the choppy surf until I found it again. I'm coming, Pam, I yelled. <laughs> Hurry, kill them. They're tearing me apart. Now, fuck. I like that in the middle there, you kind of turned into doing your Ben Shapiro voice. I did a little bit. I, sorry. <laughs> I really it's impossible not to. <laughs> I know. I will admit when this, when I started this story, because yeah. so many of the stories I read for this that you didn't hear are mm-hmm. like great titles and then very disappointing. Yeah. I expected the crabs to mostly be a visual threat. Maybe they'd nick Pamela a little bit, but no, this is a brutal murder. <laughs> like It is a, a horrible crab death. <laughs> Pamela was surrounded by crabs now. They had almost bitten completely to the bone of her left arm. Blood spurted in terrible gouts from the wound. Um, this is H.P. Lovecraft writing under another name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a horny H.P. Lovecraft yeah. writing his weird crab fetish. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is absolutely the author's baffling kink that they died never openly telling another soul no, about. Like, no. Absolutely. They tried to tell their wife and their wife left them. <laughs> no, no, their wife is gone. Yeah. It, within minutes, took yeah. the car. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, could you walk Could you walk sideways to the car? And she's like, no. <laughs> yeah, could you walk sideways? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, spent the rest of his life going out to the aquarium every weekend and <laughs> wearing loose-fitting pants. <laughs> I tried to help her, smashing my bottle against them to stun them, tossing them as far as I could, but it was helpless. A naked man and a naked woman, armed with only a glass bottle between them, could not defend them themselves against a seething ocean of monster crabs. I felt them nipping at my calves, my thighs, my loins. A crab was crawling up Pamela's body. She screamed as its pinchers, yada, 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 yada. A lot of breast biting uh, yeah. from the crabs here that we, we uh-huh. don't necessarily need to get into. So he he eventually pulls her out of there, right? Uh, or he, yeah, after like a, a difficult uh, fight with the crabs, he gets his hand bitten to the bone so he nearly loses a hand for his troubles but he manages to drag pamela out and we get a pretty unsettling description of her mutilated body that i will not repeat here because i do think the writer was working for through a fetish uh in this article anyway she dies from the crabs yeah does she get any like last words no, she's dead. She's dead by the time he gets her back to shore. Okay. I don't know if the crabs actually killed her, if she bled out, if she like drowns in the surf. It's not really, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Pamela's dad, he, he, after he gets back, there's like a scene with like our hero and this, this young woman's father where it's just made clear that her dad doesn't care about what happened to her. Um, and then our hero returns home forever scarred. <laughs> when I recovered from my experience, I finished up my business in Belize and flew back to the States. That was three years ago. I haven't been able to go near saltwater since. And I lay awake at night thinking of the long limbed redhead with the calendar girl body. He gave herself to me one night in British Honduras and who met a death of unimaginable grizzliness the next day i mean <laughs> what a strange tale okay but why if this was true and it's not but yeah that i would spend the rest of my life yeah i mean yes of course you would that would be you would never leave that moment yeah or my house 
<laughs> no, that is the kind of PTSD that you would never recover from. No. <laughs> Crab murder. Fortunately, you could write one article about it mm -hmm. and buy a mansion. You, yeah, you do get a single article in a men's adventure magazine. I'm just so glad I know this very real story. Yeah. Very yeah. real. I think this is this has changed my life for the better. For one thing, I'm going to bring a weapon to the beach better than a bottle. Uh, anytime I go, you, you never know do. when crabs. I, you, I, you're right. You're right. You're, you're right, Margaret. He had a knife. It was a pocket knife. Honestly, if I was there, like a stick or a rock is probably going to be a better bet against a bunch of fucking crabs. But, you're not going to just like you know. pull out a handgun and start shooting the ocean. Well, <laughs> I, I would in fact pull out a handgun and start firing at the There's ocean. One thing I know about Robert is he's doing exactly that. <laughs> now, now let's be fair here. If there's not crabs, I'm still shooting that ocean. You oh, know, that's yeah. the only thing that keeps the ocean. That's why it's all that gun control on the East Coast is why they get hurricanes. Oh, you know, yeah, all that no, Florida totally. gun control. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and you know that's that's why we need anyway. Shoot at a hurricane, folks. It's the only thing that can save you from climate change. Let's move on to our next magazine. Uh huh. So it's called Climate Change Denier Magazine <laughs> from 1940. Yeah, it's just a picture of a handgun and a weather system. Yeah. yeah. I don't so, like this one. <laughs> be prepared for everything but real things. Yes, yes. The name of the magazine. For example, an attack of killer crabs. Oh, God. Wait, hold on. But the name and the picture of what you've just shown uh, me don't uh, uh, agree with each magazine? other. Oh, it's glorious. Uh, this is from December of 69, I do want to say. And yeah, uh -huh. you want to describe this one for our, our listeners, Margaret? Yeah, sure. There's, uh, there's three white women in lingerie, uh, <laughs> pointing a knife but also sexually or like caressing a man's shoulders who's mm -hmm. on a bed and there's like nothing in the background it's sort of an empty room and it's called man's combat and the reason that i'm upset <laughs> is that these are clearly women in combat and this is erasure mm -hmm. unless actually they could be transmasculine and not expressing that visually in a clear way and that is totally up to them mm -hmm. uh also it has headlines um exposed swinging sex in women's prison the <laughs> nazis turned them into prostitutes and paid plenty for it exclamation mark <laughs> the, oh god i just got to the fucking <laughs> the the art the the title that goes with the the cover art yes. yeah the hippies raped him and then they told him how much it was going to cost exclamation mark now, i want to be clear here we will be going into the story the hippies do not rape him at any point. Like this is pure. This is an old man having consensual sex with a bunch of hippies. Like don't, <laughs> don't, don't get that wrong. Like the title is not accurate. What the kids are studying in college this year. S E X exclamation mm -hmm. mark, which is just a current right wing talking point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then of course I was the love slave of the geisha. Yeah. <laughs> the Japanese geisha girls almost killed him with affection. Perfect. Thanks. What a great magazine. It. You don't love man's combat? No, Robert, I don't love man's <laughs> combat. I almost, I, I do also want to note one of the girls who's the one who's holding the knife on him has big Coke bottle glasses. So you know that she's like a kind of a mod girl, oh. you know, right? It's 1969, baby, right? Yeah. Yeah. What so a nerd. Great cover. Great cover. We'll turn to this magazine now. I almost closed with a different issue of a different series, but it was titled Four Men Only, and I thought I might be oh, yeah, violating no, I, some sort of... I, I didn't want to get a curse, right? From Yeah, like, me and Sophie wouldn't be able to yeah, hear it. Yeah. It, would, it would just be blank space. <laughs> Hugh Hefner's mummy might come for me in the night. 
Uh, so this transfer uh, of of the men's combat magazine, it cuts out half of the first page of advertisements, I think because somebody cut out one of the ads for some purpose, but it looks oh, like yeah. it was an ad for a muscle supplement scheme, which does fit entirely with uh with with the kind of publications that these are. Oh yeah. Yeah, how to gain up to 50 pounds of mighty muscles, how to develop 16 to 18 and a half inch big arms powerful enough to land a knockout blow fast. Oh my God, nothing changes. <laughs> how to build a 45 to 52 inch heroic chest housing tireless lungs for endurance in work, sports, or for attracting girls, all caps. How to mold a broad muscle packed back and wonder wide Superman shoulders tapering to a slim punch proof waist. <laughs> uh-huh. I've never heard of a waist described that way. <laughs> punch proof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, first off, folks, a slim waist is never punch proof. If you want a punch proof guy, go go look at a power lifter. Look at one of those guys who can yeah. deadlift seven hundred and fifty pounds. Like, look at that guy's belly. That's a punch proof waist. You can hit that guy's belly all day long, and you're yeah. not gonna make any progress. Yeah, <laughs> but whatever. Fascinating, fascinating period of time. So that never ended. Now, I am absolutely <laughs> certain that this product, whatever supplement this guy is selling to help people put on muscle, has killed people. But it's probably beaten in deadliness by the next ad, which is a home study course to become an electrician. And the reason <laughs> why I say it's deadly is there's a little cartoon at the top with two men talking to each other, and one man says, Do you mean I can learn to be a skilled electrician by studying at home in spare time? Yes, the other says, and earn while you learn, thanks to advanced shop method training. Now, hell yeah, I don't think people should be doing professional electrical work until they've been licensed and bonded. What? But that's that's my attitude on being an electrician. Why do you hate DIY? Just stand in a puddle? Yeah. Yeah. Stand in a puddle barefoot and just start poking wires. Yeah, that actually yeah. helps disperse the electricity that's over right. a larger right. area. You may not know that, but uh, yeah, you want to be barefoot and ideally standing in water if you're doing any kind yeah. of work with electricity. You Don't know, pay for the extra for those cuck boots. No, no. Those just keep the electricity in and endanger you. You yeah. can find more tips like this in Robert and Margaret's Guide to Surviving Dangerous Situations for People We Hate. <laughs> you know, here's another free tip. Got a grease fire? Water that son of a bitch. No as much water as you can dump on that grease fire. Really? It's the opposite of fire. <laughs> mm -hmm. Obviously, right? <laughs> if that's how you want to deal with a grease fire. But only if we hate you. Mm -hmm. Only if we hate you. If we do not hate you, do not take this advice or buy this book. Yeah. So we should go to ads at this point, uh, including ads for uh, my and, and Margaret's exciting new book, how to survive dangerous circumstances if you're a person that we don't like very much. That's right. Which we'll be giving out for free at CPAC next year. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. 
And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We're back. Ah, so Man's Combat next provides us with its its table of contents page, which, which gives us some summaries for each of the stories. There's sex orgies on campus. They don't give some kids degrees in what they're studying every night. Women's prisons. The chicks behind the bars quickly learn how to make out without men. <laughs> yeah, they great, <do. laughs> incredible. The Nazis died smiling. The Huns turned them uh, turned them into high priced prostitutes, but the girls made them pay too much in the end. Oh, this is this is two separate things. I thought the Nazis uh-huh. died smiling because mm-hmm. the Huns turned them into no, no. The, it's the Germans make these. Wi- well, we'll get into this. Yeah, right. but anyway, I was the love slave of the geisha. This is by Lieutenant G.E. Lavelle, U.S. Navy. <laughs> they whipped him, tortured him, and almost loved him to death. Murph the Surf, the golden boy of crime. They convicted <laughs> him of murder and sentenced him to a life in prison. Will he beat this rap too? The boudoir battle of Washington, D.C. The Russian thought she was smitten with his charms, but she was after the secrets in his briefcase. And then, of course, the hippies raped me and made me pay. They didn't have much as much trouble talking him into it as expected. Get, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm not going to get into yeah. man man's combat for its improper use of terms like that. Also, the very next page after this is straight up softcore pornography. Several pages of it. So, we're not going to get into that. We're going to get into a story next. But after that softcore pornography, there's two pages of ads, and these provide a searing look into the male psyche circa 1969. A better one than I've gotten before. It is basically the same as the male psyche circa uh, 2023. So, we've got Shape up, muscle up, shop, build muscles, gain weight, lose weight, everything you need to muscle up and make out. That's the first ad, which is for, I guess, a series of videos on how to get muscles and make out with girls. Then Mm -hmm. the second ad is for this killer karate crusher, all three K's, 
I don't like that. Oh, gives yeah. you pulverizing hand power. <laughs> I don't, don't understand. I think it's just a rock to hit people with. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the skinny body <laughs> is, is a yeah, gain 14 pounds in 14 days. <laughs> that sounds healthy. Yeah, that seems like a sustainable rate of, of gain. Here for masculine virility, create a new, exciting, fun going you. The Slim Guard, I think it's literally selling like a, a fucking Shatner. What do you call those things? You use it to, to tighten it around your belly? The You mean like body shaping stuff or like yeah, the like yeah, yeah, electrical yeah. belts that like. No, no, no. I think it's a body shaping deal. Yeah, the Slim okay. Guard. Yeah. Uh, and then there's lose 35 pounds in a few weeks. That's probably just methamphetamine. Yeah. Given also the a healthy rate mm-hmm. of health, yeah. weight loss. <laughs> yes. All of this seems healthy. I yeah. wonder why half this generation died at 41 from heart attacks. <laughs> now, No clue. Probably the woke agenda. Probably the woke agenda, yeah. Next, we get the monthly news segment, Hot Flashes for Men, which starts with a paragraph-long blurb about a bunch of former whacks who are suing the military because they got accused of being lesbians and thus suffered harms to their careers and reputations. Now, Wait, what's a whack? A whack is Women's Air Corps, or, or Auxiliary Corps, I think. Okay. Um, it's, it was basically like, if you were a woman and wanted to serve in the military in World War II, obviously, our military was not gender-integrated then, but the whacks right. were like how women could serve and contribute to the war effort as part of the actual like defense department. So it was, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a, a military service kind of deal. Um, and this is a story about like, it's really just a blurb about these women who like got accused of being lesbians and like lost their careers, but there was never any evidentiary hearing at all. And so they were like suing the government over that. That's actually kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The story is just kind of like, again, this is hot flashes for men. Uh-huh. Uh, I think literally the only reason this is included <laughs> is because it they get to use the word lesbian. Yeah. Like These ladies yep. might have kissed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were excited by that. After yeah. that, we get this fascinating section. If you have a taste for pornography and haven't been getting enough of the real thing, why not organize a chapter of Citizens for Decent Literature in your neighborhood? The CDL is a highly respectable group which has appointed itself the guardians of public morals vested with the responsibility of protecting all of us from our baser selves. In doing so, the various CDL chapters must first view the objectionable materials, whether the smut in the form of printed literature, (laughs) stag films, or whatever. These meetings are often heavily attended and even more attended by heavy-breathing, flushed faces and a high degree of prurient prudishness now, <laughs> that's funny i can think of very few things i want to do less than be in a room full of 1957 dudes and watching whatever a stag film is <laughs> also just there's so many layers yeah it's there's like, a lot going on in that one huh <laughs> they're admitting that most anti-porn crusaders are just porn addicts well, yeah, I mean, this is a porn. Comstock magazine, died right? with so, a like, um, warehouse yeah. full of all the pornography yeah. had been like confiscating. Yeah. I mean, in, in fairness to them, I think they are like purposefully doing like, yeah, this. Is a yeah, porn no, totally. This is, they're yeah. making fun of like the people yeah. who, who, who don't like. Although for a little while, I thought they were just earnestly selling anti-porn yeah. ads in their porn yeah. magazine, which yeah. also kind of rules just as a way to be like, whatever, <laughs> we're yeah. getting money. So. Enough of that crap. We're going to start with the story, The Nazis Died Smiling, which has an incredible title art piece, right? That's, this is, this, this one's a banger. You get a great drawing of a Nazi. 
He's like in the door frame with a woman in lingerie. He's like leading him into the room. There's like a naked lady in bed. He like missing an eye or something. What's yeah, that? he's got. He, well, he's like a Prussian officer, so he's got like um, what do you call those? Like a, a monocle, right? Oh, um, oh yeah. He's a okay. not. And then behind the door is like another woman in lingerie, but with a fucking stiletto knife. Sure. She's yeah. about to fucking stab. Cool. She's she's gonna yeah. stab the shit out of this Nazi. <laughs> Pretty dope, I say. Yeah. And this shit's based on true stories. There are absolutely women in the resistance who yes. are like, oh yeah, come with me into the yeah. woods. Totally not going to murder you. Also just love the normal proportions they've given these women's bodies. <laughs> yes, oh yes. Just very normal French peasant girls. Yeah. 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 Um, so after a brief summary of why Nazis are bad, uh, we get told that the German invasion of France, uh, during the German invasion of France, an SS unit with their general took over a nunnery. Uh, they massacred all of the older women and then they raped all of the nuns. Now, the author of this takes great pains to tell us in italicized text that every girl had been a virgin before sunup. Every girl had been ravaged many times. So... That's unpleasant. There's a lot of unpleasantness. Yeah. Uh, but then the girls yeah. who survive the night decide, what if we become fake prostitutes in order to entrap and murder Nazis? Okay, okay. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, this starts with them, like, they they decide to, like, hold a party for these Nazis who are occupying the nunnery, and they feed them arsenic and murder them all. Fuck yeah. Which is fine. Uh, and then, yeah, you get this kind of, you know... Pretty fun story about traumatized nuns ensnaring Nazi officers and brutally murdering them. As you noted, there are some real events like this, some actual women who, like, would entice Nazi officers into their beds, often acting as prostitutes, and then murder them as part of organized resistance plots. Yeah. Specifically, though, and this is the thing that's messed up about this, this story is based on a real tragic story, the tale of the blessed martyrs of Noah Grodek. Okay. I think kind of based on it, because this is one of the better known stories about like Nazis killing a bunch of nuns. Right. And I, you know, this story starts stated in France, but other aspects of it are kind of similar. And the gist of it is that uh, in 1943, the Gestapo are like massacring a bunch of civilians, specifically a lot of Jewish civilians uh, in this uh, Polish town, you know, Noah Grodek. Um, and a bunch of a group of the nuns basically like come forward to the Gestapo in public and are like, take and murder us instead of murdering these people. And because they do it in public, it like the Gestapo temporarily has to cancel a bunch of deportations and stop because like it, they looked really bad in front of the whole town and it's like a dangerous situation for them. They do eventually punish the nuns by like coming and grabbing them and murdering them all. I think they kill 11 nuns, something like that. Um, all of whom are like not sainted, but another thing that the Catholic church does to say you were pretty rad. Oh, I don't, you yeah. think I would know it, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's like an actual tragic story. Um, I mean, an also heroic story of these yeah. nuns who like gave their lives to try to protect a bunch of, you know, people from being murdered by the Nazis. Yeah. I think they've kind of taken part of that because it involves nuns and and turned it into a fetish story. So, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> men's adventure stories. <laughs> hooray. Yeah, hooray. Next, we get a horny college story uh, and then a bunch of dimpled pinup tales. Uh, the story of a sexy surf bum murderer um, and then swinging oh. sex in women's prisons. Yeah. Oh, I was excited about the surf, the surf murderer because they've got the... Um... Hatchet wielding hitchhiker guy, Kai the hitchhiker. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway. uh, I did like Kai uh, yeah. up until it became clear that he was also a murderer. Well, I hold that it is possible that his 
story about what happened was true and that he uh, was defending himself from I think it's entirely possible or John anyway yeah it's an unfortunate tale yeah uh, and completely it, unrelated sorry <laughs> it's one of those situations where he was a hero in a situation in which an axe was the best tool to use and then he was in another situation in which it might not have been but uh right or I it could know. have been but it was not publicly acceptable yeah we it's hard know. to tell yeah yeah Dif- difficult tale. This is yeah. not that story. Yeah. Um, although we can try and go back and talk about the sexy surf bum uh, if you want. If no, we've got no, some it's time all right. Later. I just got mm-hmm. excited about Kai, the sexy yeah. surf bum murderer. So, <laughs> anyway. Swingin' Sex in Women's Prison uh, is the next one. And then uh, after that, it's S.E.X., The Love Slave of the Geisha, which has some of the, one of the first pieces of like straight up like bondage art I've seen in one of these. So that's interesting. Uh, okay. There's like a man tied to four corners of a bed. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, there you and go. There, there's a lot of like male submissiveness in this, right? This is a like yes. a lot of like women as the active agent of um, yes. trickery and, and assault. And it's interesting. And I think one of the things about that is because obviously they are servicing a, a group of men who are in, attracted to that, who find, yeah, who fantasize totally. about that, but also don't feel like they can fantasize. So the fantasy has to be, I have been put in a situation which I legitimately don't have a choice, right? As opposed to like, you wouldn't, these probably are not meant for people who actually like do this kind of play. It's meant for people who like, you know, need an excuse to feel like, well, you know, this is a situation in which, oh, you know, he, he, he just had no other option. The hippies tied him down and, you know, what else could he do but submit? It's yeah, it is interesting. And, and speaking of which, let's get to that hippie story. Excellent. Because this one has quite an opener, Margaret. Of all the stories we've seen, this is probably most honest about its intended audience, which is sad, horny white guys who live in suburbia and are bored as hell. Uh-huh. I'm a married man with three children, and I own a small hardware store in a town in Massachusetts. I belong to the Rotary Club, the Chamber of Commerce, and I'm a deacon in my church. I'm a really solid citizen. Ask anyone who knows me. It's all a front, though. Deep down, I'm the same man I was 20 years ago when I drank too much, slept with every girl I could get into bed, and some of the things I did with and to the women I had weren't very pretty. Then I met Emily, cleaned up the mess of my life, went to church with her regularly, and tried not to get caught ogling the women in the congregation, and then (laughs) subsequently went into business. 20 years and three children later, I'm about as dull a character as you're apt to find on any Rotary or CFC luncheon. Inside, though, I haven't changed. There's a motel I drive to about twice a month where I know a fairly pretty young prostitute will be waiting. I take fantastic pains not to be caught, and so far I've been lucky. There have been a few women I've met in my store who let me know they'd be delighted to have a little extramarital fun, but I avoided going all the way with them. It seemed safe enough, but each time I backed down at the last minute. It's like... You can you can see yeah. who this is being marketed towards, right? And there's even that yeah. thing about like, well, I used to be a wild man because, like, yeah, you want to feel like, yeah. oh, I was just these this wife and kids that took me yeah. out of my wild years where I yeah. was cool. The yeah. arrow to the knee, proverbially speaking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, his yeah. was Emily. So yeah. now, look, my heart does go out to this guy because he is clearly unable to communicate with his wife, um, and yeah. probably in everyone else in his wife, uh, which is probably. I think accurately describes a kind of guy whose heart exploded after two years of, you know, too many years of chain smoking cigarettes and being filled with resentment. Right. Mm. That's like that's like a decent chunk of that generation. That was their Vietnam. (laughs) Also Vietnam. So he spends (laughs) he spends several paragraphs giving us descriptions of all the things he likes seeing on younger women. And then we unfortunately find out what young means in this context. 
Oh. My teenage daughter's friends are another source of temptation. Now, that's a sentence that should never be written. I mean, there's that whole American <laughs> beauty. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, it's still, you can, you can find it, very it recent movies fantasizing is, about this shit. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's a creep. He puts it in, speaking of American beauty, I put a concrete pool in my backyard a year ago and all the kids hang out back there. I mean, some of them really do hang out. The way they make bathing... <laughs> I don't want to read this line, Margaret, but it's, it is kind of too revealing to not read. All right. The way they make bathing suits today, it's a wonder there isn't a mass rape daily at the public beaches. Um, so what if... <laughs> We put all men like this onto an island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of your book, Escape yeah. from Incel Island. Um, yeah, what a what a dark dive. This is like, uh, uh, whatchamacallit? What's that book? Uh, uh, the one that they made Apocalypse Now based off of. Oh, Heart of Darkness. Heart of Darkness. Very yeah. Heart of Darkness moment for us here, Margaret. Yeah. So the basic, the gist of the story is that like he notices these hot hippie chicks out in front of his store and then eventually while he's locking up after work, they've broken into his car and they're like sitting in there. And and yes, they do. They do call him daddy-o several times. Hell yeah, that's important. He tries to get them to leave, but they basically ask him to like take them to a motel. And then once they get there, they like take his keys. So he like follows them into the room to get his keys back. And then they like hold him at knife point. And like there's a light scene where they like threaten him a little bit but it's it's cl- he's clearly enjoying it and then you know they all have sex with him and then he becomes their pimp and it's a happy ending <laughs> and, until they until they get arrested for i think robbing a bank um wait really busted in the police they get busted in a, po- in a police raid and then they send him a letter from jail being like thanks for all of the the pimping oh my god did. so it's like they're like the weather <laughs> underground basically they're like kind of yeah i i think it was more they got arrested for being sex workers Oh, well, they said they were robbing a bank. I thought they, uh, that, that, that that was me being wrong. I think, they, oh, okay. I think it was, I think it was a, uh, look, I had to read through a lot of these stories. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure they all blur together. Yeah, they, they certainly do. So Margaret, that's most of what I've got for you this week. Yeah. Uh, I do want to, I do want to end with, with one last title, uh, with one last cover page uh, right. of, of a magazine. Perhaps we should have gotten to, but boy, uh, maybe next time. Maybe There's next only time. so much time Bye. in the day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Rage for Men. And the, the cover art... The cover art is two very English explorers with, like, white pith helmets. And they're fighting off what look like rabid dogs. It's called Fangs at My Throat. They have such horrified looks on their face. They're doggies. They're they're white people, but they're red. Mm -hmm. They are like because they're British, right? So they've been drinking. They've been mainlining nothing but gin and tonics for seventy three years. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then the some of the other things it says on there is is a woman making you impotent. It's your fault I can't get yeah. it up. Which is right above the courtesan who ran for president. <laughs> Are women coming in to destroy your life? Try rage. Yes, they have. Yeah. They, they have yeah. been trying that fairly yeah. effectively, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for a very long time. Elvis Presley defends rock and roll. Sure, that's a fascinating interview. Yeah, and then of course fangs at my throat, which is the the cover story of these British men being beaten or murdered by dogs. 
That is the one upside of Mm -hmm. all of this, is that the dogs are going to win. Yeah, I do think the dogs are going to win. They've got that one dude by the throat, so I I feel pretty good about their chances. Yeah. Well, Magpie, do you understand, you know, the older generation, you know, of of both of writers and editors, you know, uh, of incels any better now? Sadly, yes. Yeah. Uh, That is the price of this Mm -hmm. show. That is the price of this show. <laughs> um, I, I think I do lot. understand them. Mm-hmm. The the nothing ever changesness of it is the like mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. is a woman or it, and it's like pointing out it's all the stuff that you're like because I mostly read feminism mm-hmm. from this period, right? Yeah, and so I read all this feminism and some of the things that they're like saying that the men are doing, I'm like, were they really? Or are you like exaggerating mm-hmm. or like what? And you're like reading, it, you're like, no. No, no, it's uh, <laughs> nope. they are blaming women for making yeah. them impotent and yeah. can't actually have honest fantasies about being submissive to women. So they must mm. create like elaborate yeah. systems around it. And and like, yeah, it is the is the it's not a yeah, it's a portal into a, a damaged psyche. It is a portal it, like it is a portal like the the. The healthiest and least problematic article here from like a like a, a a sex and gender point of view is the story about a woman being murdered by craps. Yeah. Which is not <laughs> yeah. great. But yeah. Not it's not great. But <laughs> yeah. you know, it is it is by far the least problematic thing we've dis- discussed in these in these yeah. episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, wait, please cut this out. Could I read the first page of Insel Island? Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm gonna go grab a copy. Oh, we never left. I don't know why I'm doing my returning back uh, thing. It's because we had an idea, Margaret. We had a great idea because this is this is your Christmas present. Uh, your your <laughs> your bizarre prelapsarian Orthodox Rosicrucian crypto uh, cryptozoology. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah something know. like that. I don't know. I don't know enough Christianity to make a a better joke about uh, your obscure Christmas. Uh, 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 you want to read it from your novel <laughs> that people should buy? Yeah, well, okay, because we're talking about pulp fiction, so I'm going to read the the That's first. Right. That's right. Uh, first page, first couple paragraphs of Escape from Insel Island. Excellent. Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, let's entice them. Uh, a much better story than the stories we've read today. Although maybe <laughs> nobody nobody does get eaten by crabs. I'll I give know. the crab story that. I know. There's. There's people who would try to feed people the crabs in this, but they're, sure, they come absolutely. later. Yeah. They don't call me Mankiller Jones for nothing. They call me Mankiller Jones because I tell people that's my name, and I kind of throw a fit if anyone calls me anything else. Honestly, I have a feeling most people call me Shirley behind my back, or Mix Jones if they're feeling formal. It doesn't bother me too much what people call me because I'm never around to hear it. I'm always too busy infiltrating and exfiltrating the deadliest places on earth. War and disaster would be my middle name if I hadn't already legally changed my middle name to danger. I only feel alive when I'm surrounded by the dead, the dying, and the people who don't know they're about to find themselves in those categories. I only feel alive in the hottest of hot spots. Spots like Incel Island, which inched over the horizon to greet us as the sun rose behind us. Excellent. Very exciting. So check out Escape from Incel Island. Uh, it's a wonderful story. And Margaret, is it possible? And I'm I'm completely mm-hmm. coming out of left field here. No idea if this is the case. 
uh, really just inventing shit and then and putting you on the spot for it. Is it possible mm-hmm. that there's some sort of story-based podcast, like a short fiction show that's going to be launching in a place where people can listen to it and hear fun stories about, you know, collapse and survival and endurance and all that good stuff. Would, should we call it uh, the Cool Zone Book Club? And I was thinking... We could. It could come out starting October 8th of this year, and it could be an every Sunday addition to the It Could Happen Here feed, so it's already in the feed that you already listen to. That's an incredible pitch. Yes. Yes, it could be. Great. Well, everyone, <laughs> you've got that to look forward to. Um, short stories uh, and longer stories as well coming every weekend to the It Could Happen Here feed uh, in order to basically derive a sneaky way of uh, paying people for fiction again, which <laughs> gets harder and harder every year. So somebody yeah. ought to try. And also because I think it's like the the itch that these stories from these old magazines even like it, mm-hmm. it it's a specific itch, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's also one that the, the because the market is so hard to, it's so gone, we want to encourage people to be writing these stories because we want to hear them. Yeah, I love short stories. I grew up reading a lot of like, you know, Lovecraft and Asimov and all those. I mean, they were mostly men, but but that's yeah. uh, uh, not a problem with the uh, the concept of a short story. Just, right, totally. Um, but I, I think that it's like... Uh, like journalism, which we also try to find ways to pay people for here at Cool Zone, it's gotten like heart thinner and thinner on the ground. Actual places like public, and there are some there are some really great uh, magazines still out there where you can read much higher grade uh, <laughs> short stories than these men's adventure magazines from <laughs> yeah. the fifties and sixties. And all of the editors keeping those places alive are uh, are are heroic and great. Um, and that's why uh, you are going to be joining them soon and doing that, but in podcast form. Hooray! So yeah, check Yay. it out, and there'll be more information about it on it. Sundays, Yay. yes, it could happen here. Sundays on it could happen here. Well, folks, that's gonna probably do it for all of us here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Bye. Go to hell. I love you. Behind the Bastards is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more more info now. 
Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.